At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? So we have an awesome guy on the podcast. His name is Greg Fox. He's from the Sacramento area out in Cali. And Greg is going to take us through some some pointers. He wrote down eight steps of a service call that he wants to take us on. Now, Greg does uh, residential and light commercial. And I do commercial, mainly, like 99%. So he's going to tell his story with his eight points from the beginning of a call or, or even pre-call to getting a hold of the customer and to finishing up the call. And I'm going to throw in my pointers and tidbits along the way from my commercial experience. So it's a good conversation and it was an awesome, um, it was an awesome opportunity to talk to Greg about this and just to get to know him a little bit better. He's a great guy. So this is coming up on the HVAC Know It All podcast right now. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Okay, man, we're, we're, uh, we're not live, but we are recording. Recording, <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. How are you doing, Greg? Excellent. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I was a little bit sick yesterday actually. And I started to get a little bit worried just because of, you know, the whole Corona thing going around, Mm, but it was just, it was just a stomach bug. It lasted for a day. And then I woke up this morning and I felt way better. And as I don't have, I I even went online and I started looking up the symptoms of coronavirus, and I had none of them. So (laughs) I was pretty happy about that. Truth be told, uh, the same thing happened to my wife, uh, the other day. And I was like, (gasps) baby, let's go, you know, let's not be around anybody right now. And she's like, you know, it's, it's not that it's not that it's, it's just a little bit of, you know, cold, <laughs> like my nose is itchy, you know, like, okay. And then the next day she was fine. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really weird. Like you listen to some people talk about it and they kind of put your mind at ease. And then you listen to other people talk about it and they're, they're acting like it's some major, we should be all like panicking and stuff. It's just one of those, we went through this about, te- uh, 10 years ago, maybe 11, 12 years ago in the Toronto area when we had this SARS epidemic. I don't know. Oh if yeah. It, I remember that. I don't know where, where it hit a lot, but we even had this big, huge concert after the Rolling Stones and every, like it was a, I forget what they called the, the concert, but um, SARS relief or something like that. And there was mm. a massive concert afterwards uh, because we had this epidemic in this area. I don't know where else it hit because it was so long ago, but it, it reminds me of, of that. And everybody was going to these extremes. Like we were doing work in a hospital at that time for a little server room and you couldn't walk through the front door without being screened. 
and tested and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I don't think it's got to that extreme, but I mean, it seems well, like it might be going in that direction. I uh, I did the um, the local uh, garden and landscape show out at Cal Expo, you know, which is basically the state fairgrounds and the uh, the big buildings that they use uh, in there. And, you know, it's a three-day event. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, usually like Friday afternoon is like seniors day. And, you know, you'll get busy for a couple hours. Saturday is usually the big day. And, you know, most of the, the, the top sales guys are out there trying to do their thing. And then Sunday, you kind of get what you get, right, uh, as it winds down. But this was the slowest weekend ever. Like I usually get like, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 leads, like genuine leads where I can call you back on Monday and we can talk about maybe getting a new system or getting some maintenance going for your system. And uh, I got two leads on Friday and I got one lead on Saturday. I was there from 10 a.m. to supposed to be 6 p.m. But after not talking to anybody for three hours, I left at like four o'clock mm-hmm. and then pretty much the same on Sunday. I just like left at two o'clock because it, it was just us exhibitors there. It was like nobody there. Everybody's all scared to be out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, man. I, I don't know. It's like, do you let it, do you let it control your life or do you just, or you just kind of go about your business and, and hope for the best. But anyway, anyway, that's, let, that, that's enough of that. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here to talk about, about you and you have a, a very cool topic for us. Uh, but first we got to get to know you a little bit, uh, more. And, and I don't know much about you. Like, I don't even know exactly where you're based out of, to, to be honest with you, Greg. Yeah, I'm in Northern California, um, Sacramento area. So we're just, a I don't know, hour and a half, two hours outside of San Francisco. Um, Oakland's pretty close. So, um, uh, where I'm based out of Sacramento, you know, you can pretty much go an hour and a half in any direction and be in like a national park, the ocean, a ski resort, golfing, you name it. I mean, it's just like such a great area to live here in Sacramento because you're so close to everything. That's cool. Well, I mean, anybody I talk to from California, they, they, they like the, the, the living, um, but the, the expenses are high. Is, am I right oh, on that? Is it, is it the expenses high in Sacramento? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, there's a friend of mine who does our, our scrap, you know, hauling and he's getting ready to move to Ohio and I just noted, I saw on his Facebook that he was buying a house for twenty two thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm just like, really? What? That that's like a two story. It's like a, a story and a half. You know, it's got the knee walls upstairs, and it's like a, you know, and some you know downtown area, kind of an urban area, but still twenty two thousand dollars. I mean, that that's not going to buy anything here. It's and almost get you an HVAC system here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, what is the average, uh, cost of a home? Like, let's say we go like 2000 square feet, something like that. Yeah. So definitely going to start right around 400,000. Um, in San Francisco where we, you know, when I first moved out to California from Indiana, uh, we lived in South San Francisco and you name it, whatever house you come by just, you know, just a typical two, two bedroom, house, you know, a thousand square foot with a living room and a kitchen. Um, that house is going to be a million dollars guaranteed. You know, that house is going to sell for a million dollars, but you know, we're about two hours away and, um, uh, home prices are going up out here in Sacramento as the Bay area people start moving outwards. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, our house that we live in right now is uh, about 400 we bought it for like $425,000 and that was like 10 years ago. Nice. Yeah. 
it, it's uh, the, the actually the the home prices are probably similar here. I'm I'm an hour and a half north of Toronto, like major hub of Toronto, an hour and a half north, mm. and that's about and and so if we convert to Canadian dollars, my home would be worth around six hundred thousand. Um, but we convert back to us. We're just over four or something like that. Right. Okay. So it's kind of, it's kind of similar. And my house is like, I don't know, 2,300 square feet. Like it's not nice. small, but it's not huge. But I mean, yeah. the, the home prices are, are, uh, ex- very expensive here too. I think the average cost of a home in Toronto is, is uh, 1.2 mil around there. So wow. that, yeah. that's, that's Canadian bucks, right? I've been to Toronto before and, uh, I don't know if it was you or I was telling, but, um, like when I was in middle school, we did this uh, band exchange, and we uh, we went uh, we went to Scarborough, and um, yeah, and Scarborough was just like this beautiful area, and so I've always thought highly of the Toronto area, and you know Ontario. Well, you're, the, you're the first person that I've ever heard say Scarborough is a beautiful area. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. I guess uh, yeah. the, our, the part that we were in, and then the bluffs. Oh, maybe, there's like yeah, some maybe, bluff maybe, there. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, Maybe you're in a nice part. <laughs> So you, you, so your business, it's fact, um, Fox family business, right? So do you, do you run this with like, who, who's involved in this? Like who from your family is, is running this business? Yeah. Base. Yeah. Basically it's, it is just me and Melissa running the business. I mean, I would love to have my 26 year old son out there working with us too, but, uh, he's a welder, you know, and he's really into welding and he just takes a lot of pride in that. And so it's, it's hard to get him to come over to our side and, and do that. But um, Fox family sort of came out of like the fact that my dad did HVAC coming up, you know, like he All was right. a civilian employee on an army base. So I kind of grew up on an army base and on the weekends when I would visit my dad, uh, sometimes he had to work, you know, overtime and I got to carry his bag and we got to go into all these industrial plants and, um, you know, so get the, you know, get the barracks up and going uh, if they weren't heating properly. And then, you know, like the soldiers would be all super appreciative of him and stuff. So you know, so I kind of looked up to my dad, you know, in that aspect, um, he was, he kind of got, I've always known that I was like mechanically minded because of, you know, him and my grandfathers and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so that's, that is an awesome segue into our conversation because you want to bring up some pointers on how we should approach a service call, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's a way to, you know, without being too rigid, but sort of create a system where like no matter who comes out to the house uh, for in your company, um, you know the customer is going to get sort of the same experience. You know it doesn't everything ha- doesn't have to be like super rigid, but a similar experience would be nice for the customer. You know, so um, um, you know like I I it just in general I kind of like the you know um, customers judge us using uh, all five of their senses, right? Uh-huh. And and they even sort of have a sixth sense, right? Like they you know and um, if we're, if we're on our game, they can tell. And if we're not on our game, if we're fumbling around, uh, if we're not leading the service call, then they can tell that as well, you know? And they're like, man, who'd you guys send out here? You know, like, is this guy, <laughs> you know? Um, and in general, you know, like, uh, people in our area, people in our field, uh, might work like commercial, commercial, industrial, residential, and by all means, each of those clients are different in their own aspects. So, I mean, we pretty much do residential and light commercial, but uh, you know, we've been out on calls where, you know, uh, an employee of some shop, you know, of a building that he's leasing, uh, he's probably going to care less and require less of that personal touch, you know, than a homeowner who lives in your local suburb. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, some companies actually practice um, these service calls. Like the the company that I, I kind of came up in the industry with is a big, I mean, they're a big $43 million a year company. And we always kind of had these like scripts and, you know, routines that we kind of had have to have down. Um, and we were training on this stuff like weekly. So it really kind of gets ingrained in your mind. Um, so one, once we, so you, you, you said you had eight pointers. Is that, is that number one, just kind of approaching the, the customer? Um, so I've kind of, I've broken them down into eight steps. Um, All right. and I'll, I'll just tell them to you and then we'll go through them. Sure. Uh, you know, we have the, the pre-arrival or like, you know, before the arrival, the arrival, approaching the door, making contact with the customer, the conversation with the customer, uh, we have the diagnosis and then you're making the repairs and then we're completing the call. Cool. So let's and, start with number one. Yeah. So, you know, before arrival, it's, I think it's super nice, uh, to, you know, like 15 to 30 minutes before you're going to arrive. If you can give the customer a call, it sort of takes you off the clock for, you know, some of those anxious customers. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like some of these customers might be cleaning their house and it's, it's nice for them to know like when you'll be arriving, it kind of takes you off the clock and, uh, and it's, it's nice for the customer just to have that information. Information is, is key, right? Um, some companies like ours, we have, a you know, these, we have CRMs or these, you know, customer relations management systems that will, you know, we used for scheduling and all that stuff. And, you know, it's even gotten to the point now where like these CRMs will send a text message, which is great, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. we've actually turned that off because I just feel like calling them seems a little bit more personal, you know? So you're, you oh, know, when, yeah. you, when you're in, sure. you know, you know, Hey, Mr. Jones, how you doing? This is Greg from Fox family heating and air. I just wanted to call you, let you know that I'm about 20 minutes out. Um, and, uh, so we'll see you soon. Okay. We'll see you soon. Great. You know, and just something like that is really personal and get you off the clock as a, as the company. Mm-hmm. I agree with it. Um, do you run service calls, Gary? I mean, are you out there oh, yeah. out, out oh, yeah. there every day running calls? I mean, so you, uh, I, I know that you can see this flow, you know, I, I know that you kind of have this, this same sort of flow. So feel free to chime in. But, um, another thing that I like to do before I arrive is to sort of, um, and I learned this from one of my guys, Justin, I thought this was like super key. Uh, he pulls off to the side of the road um, maybe a couple blocks down the road from the house. And he just sort of gathers himself from the drive over there. So, um, you know, whether it be traffic drivers on the road or, you know, just in general, the stresses of your day, or maybe the call before you got there, you know, just wipe all that away, pull over to the side of the road and just kind of take five minutes for yourself. You know, nobody's in that big of a rush. And, uh, it just kind of, uh, kind of clears your mind. That way you go in with a clean slate, for this next, whatever you're about to get into. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I used to do is, um, and this is, this is kind of taking it to the next level. So when my first son was born, uh, I was so tired, right? Cause when you have a, when you first have a baby in, in your life, like yourself and your wife, it's like, like, what the hell, like, what do we get into here? It's just like, you're, you, you don't know what to do and you don't know when to sleep and <laughs> you're both, you know what I mean? You're both zombies. Right. So I would go to work and I would, I would work really, really hard for like 
three, four hours. And then I'd go and I'd park behind a plaza and I would sleep for an hour because I, I, I had to, and it's, it's kind of what it's kind of along the same lines as what you're saying is gathering yourself Yeah, because I was, I was a complete zombie and it's like, I either go park and I sleep and get, get some rest or I'm going to hurt myself, fall off a roof, electrocute, uh, electrocute myself, whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I get I, it. I felt it was in my best interest to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, like it kind of depends on who you work for too. I mean, I feel like some of these more corporate companies will be like, Oh my God, I can see him on his car. He's like sitting there, you know, he's in his van and he's, he's, he's in this idle was, for an hour, you know, this, this was pre GPS, but I mean, if it was still <laughs> nice. now, I'd still, I'd still do it. And I, if, if they questioned me on it, I'd be like, listen, if you want me to be productive, I need to have rest. I have this going on at home, which is difficult. And you want me to be productive? I'm going to get the work done, but you need to let me you need to let me get some rest. A little. <laughs> you know totally. I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot uh, of people don't, a lot of people might not agree with that. And and I don't care because your health comes first. If you don't have your health, you can't work properly on the job site. Yeah. And you start making mistakes and right. getting hurt exactly. and hurting people and injuring, you know, uh, destroying houses cost, and stuff cost, like that. Costing, costing people money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I mean, like it, it's well over a hundred degrees, 20, you know, 22 day, days out of the year here. And, um, I remember this particular attic that I was in, um, was, oh my God, if it was like a hundred degrees outside, then it was, it was definitely like 130, 140 up in that attic. And I had to get this condensate line fixed and it was like behind the furnace up in the attic. So I would, man, I wasn't even up there 15 minutes before I had to come out of there, you know, cool off a little bit, get back up there, fix it. And then by the time I went back down to my truck, my pants were wet, my shirt was wet, my socks were wet, my underwear was wet. I mean, I was just drenched. I was just drenched. So sat in the van, turned the AC on for a good half hour. And I was like, I'm not moving. You know, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. anywhere right now. So, so, you know, uh, moving forward, you know, making sure that you're clean and presentable, you know, for the next call uh, as, that you're com- coming up on is important. Um, you know, making sure your breath is good. You know, <laughs> some of us drink coffee like throughout the day, you know, going through, but it, you, you may not realize it, but God, coffee breath is rank. You know, you're like, hi, I'm Greg, you know, <laughs> and you're just like coffee all up in somebody's face. So, I mean, just, you know, stick a gum, you know, something like that. But I mean, people understand that we work in some dirty places, you know, throughout the day and they, uh, they understand that, you know, but, but wiping off the dust, never really hurt either. Right. If you, some people like will carry some baby wipes, you know, in the, in the van with them and you can sort of wipe your face and your arms down. Um, I personally haven't, but have you like ever put deodorant on between calls? In between (laughs) calls? Sure. You know, it's funny. funny. Sometimes I've actually put deodorant in my van. Um, I have a stick of deodorant in my van because Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the morning when I'm in a rush, I forget to put it on and I get to the job site and I'm, and I'm like, what is that me? <laughs> yeah, that's me. And I'm like, I got to put deodorant in my van because if I forget to put deodorant on in the morning, I, I got to go back to the truck and put, put it on. <laughs> right. So but yeah, never... I, do, I do carry it in my van, but I don't think I've put it on in between calls. No, I don't think I've done that. Yeah. I honestly can't say I have either, but there are definitely people that need to have that stick in their truck or the spray or whatever. Um, but one thing you can never do is be putting on cologne in between each call, right? You, you know, you start at the first call with a little spritz, you know, and then the second call, a little spritz, spritz, 
and by the fourth call you smell you know you're smelling pretty uh <laughs> pretty rank you know so no cologne yeah. around around here they call that a portuguese shower <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i can say that because i have family that's portuguese so i i, I would say that right to their face <laughs> yeah smelling like that can be pretty offensive and uh you know you're going into these homes with uh you know pretty most of the time pretty classy people you know um so you just want to do it right so next we move on to the arrival um you know you want to park in front of the house i know that sounds pretty basic but you want to park in front of the house and not in the driveway Please, you know, I tell people don't park in the driveway because, you know, even though your van isn't leaking oil, um, you know, you're, you pulled up into this guy's property, right? So already you're just like, oh, this guy just thinks he can pull up in my driveway, right? And um, But he might be thinking your van is leaking oil, you know, and, and so now you've kind of started the call on the wrong foot, right? Mm-hmm. If you must park in the in the driveway, maybe carry like, you know, some plywood or cardboard or something like that that you can sort of visibly, you know, visually shove under the van so you so if anybody is watching you from the front door, you know, you're like you're looking like you're you're, you know, attentive and aware, you know. So, you're not just taking people for granted. So, Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Um so then I grab my shoe covers and my tool bag. Um, some people, this is kind of where some people split off, you know, like some people do, and some people don't take their bag up to the front door with them. You know, it's personal, I guess, but I always just like to have, you know, if it's, I'm on a service call, I just like to take my bag up there with me. It's nothing that's like super big or anything. And I can keep it on my shoulder as I put my shoe covers on as well. So, um, uh, here's one though, that I, I I think it's pretty funny. Like I've been told not to sit in my van too long in front of the house. Like once you do get there, um, don't like I've been told not to sit in my van too long in front of the house because it's like creepy or something. What do you feel? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it would be. Well, I mean, if if you're just if if they can see you like maybe typing on a computer or something like that, but if you're just sitting there like just staring out the window, yeah, that that could get. <laughs> Kind of creepy, but you know what? In, the, in reverse, if you're sitting in your van for a couple of minutes and you look and you see someone peeking through the blinds or the curtains at you, that's also creepy. I agree with that. I totally yeah. agree with that. And we've all been there. <laughs> we've all seen that. Like, just open the door and wave at me. You don't have to peek through the blinds or the curtains. Yeah, and it's funny because some people really do do that, right? They'll come out of the door and they're like, "Hey, park right there." Okay, I got it. Yeah, I'll park. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't done, back in the day, I used to do this thing called the True Tech Tools Minute, and I haven't done one of those in a long time. So I'm going to implement into this little into this little segment. So recently I received a True Tech Tools Static Pressure Test Kit. Now what it comes with is some uh, static pressure tips, some tubing, and a couple of little fittings. And it allows you to basically put the, the tips inside of, of a machine to get the static pressure, return uh, supply, get the external static pressure and user manometer to check it. So I think I'm going to be implementing this a lot more in my service calls and I'm planning to do a video as the war- as the warmer weather rolls around on like a, a rooftop because I've never really seen a video of somebody doing it on a rooftop before, always on like furnaces and, and air handlers in a residential um, type atmosphere, but never in commercial. And this kit is $46.92. 
It's, it's a pretty good kit and everybody probably has a manometer by now. So that kit plus your 8% off with promo code know-it-all, I mean, you're, you're saving some money there and, and the kit's less than, I mean, less than 50 bucks by the time taxes rolling and shipping and all that anyway. So it's something to think about. Um, a little update on Cool Air Products AC Smart Seal External. Now, like all new products, when they come out, people are skeptical. People are like, ah, whatever, I'm not using that. Well, I made a long a decision a long time ago. When people start sending me stuff, I'm going to try it. And if it's beneficial to me, I'm going to use it. So I tested uh, external on a capillary line on a water reg valve. Okay, so because it, it had a rub through. And what happened after this rub through is that there was a leak. And what I did is I used the smart seal external on it. Now it was out of gas, wrapped the, the external around the capillary tube where it was leaking from, uh, turned the fan back on and let it cure for an hour with constant air motion over the, over the putty. And it was, it was cured in an hour. And then I uh, leak tested it with nitrogen, no soap, filled up the system, R22, because it's an R22 unit, and I ran it. And it's been fine. I was just back there last week. And guess what? I leak checked it with my Tesla 316-3, fabulous leak detector. I trust it with my life when it comes to leak checking. And not one leak wasn't leaking at all. So the putty worked out in that situation. I just want to give you that feedback. That's nine months, approximately nine months after the fact that I installed it. Blue On guys, obviously I've been promoting their app. Their app is phenomenal. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everything works out and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm hoping to be the first one in Canada to do a conversion from R22 to TDX20. This is supposed to be happening in May, fingers crossed that everything works out with weather and traveling. And I know that a lot of companies and stuff are putting the ban on traveling because of the coronavirus. That's understandable, but this is what might be in the works. So in the meantime, guys, download the app, check it out, get accredited, and you can call tech support through the app when you're accredited for anything AC, anything not just their, their refrigerant or their conversion instructions, anything AC. As you guys know, and I've said before, and I'll say it again up until the show, I'm going to be at CMPX doing some interviews, booth 2631. NAVAC has a mixer the Wednesday night of the show, which is going to be at Wayne Gretzky's at 6 p.m. Go by their booth, grab a ticket. There's a hundred of them. If you miss out, it's okay. You can still show up. You just got to pay a little bit of cash to grab some food or a drink, but you get to hang out with a bunch of badass techs. They're also doing a giveaway. Go by the NAVAC booth, say know-it-all. Go by the NAVAC booth between one and two and say know-it-all and get two entries to the giveaway. Your choice of a cordless vacuum pump or a cordless flaring tool. Today, I posted an animation shot of a TX valve from Danfoss. On the Danfoss Cool YouTube channel, they got a bunch, a totally cool bunch of animations. Totally cool bunch. Is that even a proper sentence? <laughs> totally cool bunch of animations. 
Dan Foss Cool YouTube channel. Now I posted one of a TX file today. I threw it into my editor and put some music to it and, and it, it looked cool and, and there's a lot of likes and a lot of feedback on it. So go to the channel if you want to see more of those guys from Dan Foss. So um, that's funny on install days because when, you know, you're getting ready to change out somebody's equipment there, a lot of times the husbands are just jacked up and they're like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Come on out. And they want to talk and stuff like that. That's great. Yeah. Um, and you gotta so, work. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like, I got work to do. I want to put carpet runners down. I want to get your at furnace out of the attic and get your new system sat as quick as possible. But you have to take these personal moments to represent your company. Well, and that's what this is all about really. So, uh, so we're approaching the door. Uh, you want to stay on the concrete when you're walking up to the door. You know, I, w- I would tell people don't walk across the grass. I know this is kind of basic sense, you know, basic common sense stuff, but the homeowner might be watching you at this point, either through the glass or on their right. Some people have like cameras and stuff like that and like super secret squirrel, you know, stuff. And uh, <laughs> um, so the homeowner is going to judge you uh, when they see you and do things uh, as you're approaching the door. And they're going to judge you on a few things. They're going to judge you on your appearance, uh, your intelligence, and your character. Um, All this that they're going to decide for themselves in the first few seconds of meeting you, right? This is all common sense. You already know this, but being aware of what you're, how you're walking up to the door, you know, are you on your phone? Like, are you distracted by your phone? Because like some people don't knock on the door, right? And then the you know, if there's not like an immediate answer, they'll pull their phone out of their pocket and just start, you know, kind of, oh, Facebook, Gary McCready is uh, posted, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then the door opens and you're on your phone, right? Like as a business owner, I have literally been told by a customer, your guy seemed like he was on the phone, like he was really into his phone, you know, so I, I gave him his second there while, while we opened the, before, you know, I let him in. It's like, geez, okay, I get it. Um, so we're going to make contact with the customer. Um, I tell people like when you're making contact with a customer, um, the handshake these days can be dicey, right? I mean, coronavirus, uh, <laughs> anything like stuff like that, but not even, not even when, you know, stuff like coronavirus is going around, but just people in general these days are kind of germ can be germaphobes. And then there's other people that are way not germaphobes and they want to shake hands and maybe even hug or stuff like that. Um, and you just, I just tell my guys just kind of go along with it. You know, I've um, seen, you know what <laughs> I've seen, uh, I used to work with a guy that used to sneeze in his hand and then would oh. shake someone else's hand. Like right after, like I, I watched oh him my sne- God. sneeze in his hand at the truck and then shake the customer's hand after. And, and for years I watched this guy sneeze in his hand, sneeze in his hand, like sneeze in your sleeve. God damn it. Like he was, he was yeah. a European guy, but um, I'd also see him go to the, he'd go to the, he'd go to the bathroom, wash his hands and then take a leak and then leave the washroom. Like in reverse, he would do this. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah, take a leak, I, then wash your hands and then leave the bathroom, not wash your hands. <laughs> I still, I still saw men walking out of the bathroom this weekend at the, at the, uh, the expo without washing their hands. It was like yeah, insane. That's, that's gross. Just, are you serious? Yeah, it's gross. Just seriously. Um, anyway, so yeah. I, I don't know. I, I tell my guys so like em, if they, embrace if they the in, hug. I always embrace the hug, you know. But if they initiate it, I don't go in for the hug. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, uh, but but some people will like, especially if you're back on on routine maintenance for you know, uh, this is your second or third time out doing routine maintenance, and they just love Fox Family, 
and they know Colin. They've had Colin out several times. Oh my God, Colin, you're here. You know, great. You know that person. They initiated it. You're comfortable with them. But these 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 first um, impressions on people that you're you know you you've never been out there before. Putting your hand out there, you know, puts a little pressure on them. Like, oh God, I don't really want to shake hands, you know. So that's why I just say, if they initiate it, then we definitely shake their shake their hand back. So I think a lot of people feel that way as well. I got a lot of customers that that love the fist bump. They fist bump me. I like that too. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you you're not really like embracing hands and like touching like each other's hand in a in an intimate way. It's it's more like yeah, what's up, and then you, you keep walking. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's lighthearted, you know. It keeps the you know. It's like yes, I you know I like you, but you know, um, and we don't have to handshake, but we can at least fist bump. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, no, that's cool. And, uh, and then I always ask the customer, so like I bring my shoe covers right to the door, but I don't always put them on. Uh, some it's, it's annoying. Like, but if the customer, I, I, I do ask the customer if they would like me to wear my shoe covers in the house, um, to protect their floors. Um, and then, you know, some of them do, and then there's probably the other half, you know, that don't care. They're just like, no, no, I got hardwood floors. Just come on in. It's dirty in here anyways. And so you just kind of, you know, just another way of, uh, kind of uh, being obliging to the customer. So, uh-huh. so now it comes to having the conversation and, uh, and this is funny. I, I love this. I know you've seen this as well. Um, but there's a little bit of social grace that goes along with this. Okay. Um, I see the customer or the service technician, newer service technicians just run in, you know, just rush this moment way too often, you know, um, and they'll be like, oh, the, you know, like the customer, for instance, I'll get to the door and they're like, yeah, the, uh, the air, the air conditioner is out over on the side of the house and the furnace is upstairs. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Or I'll see the cut. I'll see like an inexperienced technician, like, uh, just come in and just, just go right. Like, okay, where's your system at? Let's get, you know, t- tell me what's going on. And then just like kind of bypass the whole social aspect of being a service, uh, technician in someone's home and just being polite and, um, so if I'm there for a diagnostic, I'm going to ask them something along the lines that, you know, as I get in the door, Hey, I'm Greg from Fox family heating and air. Yeah. Come on inside. Okay. Oh, great. So, um, so tell me what's going on with your system. You know, just something like that is enough to, you know, just kind of, um, get the conversation going like a little icebreaker. Right. And if I'm there for a maintenance, I know the system's working most likely. So I'm just like, so how's your system been running lately? You know, and uh, and they'll say, oh, you know, everything's been working just fine. You know, it got a little warm last week, so I kicked on my AC and everything worked just fine. Just thought I'd get you guys out here for some uh, preventive maintenance. And, you know, that kind of just gets that whole conversation and story going. So, yeah. And sometimes I even ask, um, I go a little bit further and say, like, have you experienced any problems at all? Is there anything that's concerning you or that you want me to pay closer attention to? And then sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes the answer is like, oh yeah, hold on. Like a couple of months ago, this happened. And then maybe you can go a little bit further into your inspection if they want to, if they want to, if, if, well, if they'll allow you obviously, because it perhaps costs more, more money. Right. But yeah. I mean, that that's a possibility too. Right. You know, and some people say no, and that's fine. You know, it just kind of lets you know, lets us know what kind of customer we're dealing with. Like maybe this guy just wants me to get in and get out, get the system working. So don't be doing all this other hobnobbing, you know, like all this, you know, extra sales and add-ons and stuff like that. Uh, this guy obviously just kind of wants to move forward. So like right, right along with what you said, you know, like 
I always end up saying something like, well, you know, we're always here to look out for things that'll make your system run better, last longer, uh, or be safer for you and your family. And like, if I see anything like that while I'm here, do you mind if I bring that to your attention? And like I said, you know, some people say yes, and some people say no. So that just kind of lets you know who you're dealing with. And, um, um, let's see, got some notes here that I'm kind of going along with. Um, one thing that I've told, one thing that I tell my techs, um, is that we've heard our customers concerns a million times, right? Like every single home we go into every, you know, commercial shop we go into. Yeah. It's all blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, two weeks ago, then, then I went on vacation and when I came back, it was like, you know, you know, at this point you cannot let your eyes start rolling. You know, it, good eye contact, letting the person know that you're listening to them, stop talking and just listen to the customer's concerns without interrupting. I mean, we, we already know you're the expert on this. So if you'll just let them have their moment, then that shows a lot of respect to the customer that, um, you know, you're you're just a nice person in general. You're not trying to like, you know, be over overboard on everything. So. So yeah, uh, I'm sure you ask these kind of questions as well. You know, some basic questions to ask is like, um, so how long has this been happening? Um, have there been any power outages in your neighborhood lately? Like, uh, that's really key around here because in the summertime we have like bra- blackouts and uh, brownouts every once in a while, and a brownout is sort of like where they lower the power in your in your neighborhood. Um, and so that is killer on a compressor, right? Killer on compressors and control boards. Um, you know. Uh, another sort of blackout that can happen is um, have, have there been any telephone poles that got knocked down lately? Any power lines that got uh, went down? Oh yeah, there was an accident down on the street and the whole power line got ripped out. You know, well that sends, you know, that kind of lets you know in your mind, like, Hey, that gives me a little bit of history as to why this AC isn't working. Now, if I go back out and I see that the compressor shot, now we know probably why it, why it got shot. Right. So Mm -hmm. Just going back to that brownout thing, have you ever uh, tried the Emerson Sure Switch, the like the the solid state contactor? Yeah, yeah, I actually have one in my garage right now that I'm going to put on my uh, my new train um, that I installed last year. So, um, a I'm putting it on because uh, the contactor is le- is not as noisy as the standard contactors. Um, so, but yeah, I I put it I put one on my system almost it would have been not last summer, the summer before that, <clears throat> and I never had any problems with it. And and that's what one of the things it does. It doesn't allow the compressor to start if there's a, a, a brownout. Oh, that's which, right. Which, which yeah. helps saves it. And you can actually go back and into the, the sure switch and look at the amount of cycles over the course of time and all that. So it's a, it's a pretty right. cool, um, device and it, it doesn't even cost that much. I think it's only like 60, 70 bucks or something like that. Right. Uh, but, but, and then it prevents, um, there's no pitting and no carbon track, like no carbon buildup because it's got some sort of algorithm where like a, a regular contactor, when it, when it, when it pulls out the, the arc of the heat, it creates carbon. Then it starts to kind of build around the contacts. Yep. yep. The, the algorithm that's built inside this thing with the sine wave, it doesn't allow it to pull out when the sine waves at a certain point. And then when it pulls out, there's like minimal heat and it doesn't build up carbon. So it's, it's a pretty cool uh, little device. And the, the actual contact is, is a lot smaller than your standard contactor too, right? Like the contact points themselves, sort of like on a, like a mini circuit board in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I I do I would recommend if anybody's going to go out and change a contactor, I mean it, it is something that you can show to a customer and say, listen, this is what it does, this is what it prevents, mm-hmm. and there's people out there like I've had luck with it. So and I think I think it's got like a five year warranty on it too, which is pretty. Yeah, I think pretty you're incredible. right. I like Emerson products. I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, big time. So. um we're going to move on to the diagnosis and we're not actually going to talk about, you know, all the nitty gritty, like all the stuff you guys already know out there to, um, you know, to, to figure out what's wrong with the system, but the, the outer layers of it, right. We want to try and be thorough, uh, in letting the customer know, like, you know, if you saw anything else besides the exact thing you were there for. So, so yes, the condenser fan motor is bad, but the compressor, uh, capacitor is, is also weak. So, do we also mention the the capacitor or do we not, you know? Um, so just, you know, just for example there, but it's like the visit should be all encompassing, you know, don't be so like nearsighted and just focused on what you're working on there. The condensate drain line might be clogged, you know, clogged as well, you know? So um, maybe, uh, you know, check out things like that so you don't get a call back. Um, yeah. In the heating season, you know, maybe you got a bad inducer motor, but the crack, the heat exchanger's cracked, you know? So, you, I mean, you're going to say something, right? Like the heat exchanger's cracked, the firebox is cracked. And uh, yes, you have a bad inducer motor, but we've got to get this heat exchanger uh, fixed first. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not comfortable with letting you run the system, um, you know, with a, with a bad heat exchanger. So, um, so I got a, I got a point to bring up on that. Yeah. Sorry. Cut you mm-hmm. off. Um, so I've been burned on this before as, as a young technician and I've seen a lot of young technicians get burned on this where they're doing their, their inspections in the fall and they'll find a bad heat exchanger and instantly they'll shut the gas off and, um, disconnect mm-hmm. like W1 or whatever, which is fine, but they go back with the heat exchanger, slam it in and go to fire it up. And then the inducer motor is not working or the ignition module is not working because they didn't, <laughs> they didn't test it after they found the dead heat exchanger or the cracked heat exchanger. Um, just run it for a couple minutes real quick just to make sure everything else is functioning. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty embarrassing when you go back with the heat X and go, Oh yeah, we just did this $3,000 repair to your unit, but you have this wrong and this wrong still. Right. That's but a good you point. Those things before you went, you went, um, and and condemn the heat exchanger just quickly like don't run it for an extended period of time or anything but check those things first then you know the unit's functional when you go back with the heat exchanger yeah i totally agree with that and um you know that's just that's just being a good technician that's experienced tech that's what experienced technicians do they uh they have the foresight to you know um to be able to predict that kind of stuff check out the whole system say we've got this going on and then but also you have this going on as well so i just want to let you know that when we do fix that that inducer motor is also going to need to be replaced as well just to get the system back to running to factory specs so um so you know i just i just tell people to to recommend to the customer anything that you would recommend to yourself you know your family or your neighbor you know like uh, uh i i i would not feel bad telling my neighbor, my family, or myself, you know, that, uh, that your system could, could benefit from a compressor start kit, you know, um, to help your system last longer or a condensate safety switch up in the attic to prevent, you know, flooding down onto your sheetrock. Um, you know, things like that. We call it sheetrock insurance, <laughs> those little things, but, but so we do have a few add-ons that I like my guys to, um, to promote and to try to sell while they're out there. 
and I do give them like a $20 spiff for each, you know, each one of those, they, those guys sell. But, uh, but there are things that, you know, a, this list doesn't grow every year. And these are things that I feel like will, um, help your system last longer, um, make it last longer and, uh, also be safer for you and your family. So, um, that's why, you know, basically just, you know, trying to make sure you, uh, you're doing the right thing out there. So, um, and not talking to renters. This is a big key that I, that I like to bring up uh, as well. And, and it's, it's just being savvy out there. Like, yes, you're going into a rental unit and it would be nice if your dispatcher would let you know that you're going into a dispatch, uh, into a, a rental unit. But, uh, here we want to protect the homeowner. We, if you go divulging too much information to the renter, then he can use that against the homeowner, which is usually already a pretty dicey relationship in the first place. So I tell my guys, just have the conversation with the homeowner. And if the tenant wants to know anything, then he can get that information from the homeowner or the landlord. But you can't just say it like that, like, great, fine. Don't tell me, you know, don't tell me anything. But there's there's a way to be cool about it, too. You're like, hey, um, you know, we have a policy at work and we're just not allowed to tell too much information to the tenant. I really appreciate you showing me where the new where the system is and let me know what was going on. It was really beneficial to us getting this uh, problem solved. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let the homeowner know everything that's going on and how much it's going to cost. And then they'll get back with you and uh, and let you know what we're going to do about it. So I think that's the way to handle that. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Be- we've had the same issues with, uh, like, uh, I, I guess, like, if we go out to a tenant space um, in, like, a strip mall style, like, like a, a long building that's 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 divided up into many offices or whatever. So mm-hmm. there will be, like, a property manager. Then there'll be a, a tenant that that rents out the space or leases the space, and then we're not really supposed to talk to them either because we talk to them, and then then it gets back to the property manager who's paying us. The property manager's paying us, not the tenant. So anything we say to the tenant, they could they could play that the, the game when you're a kid, <laughs> that game operator when you tell mm-hmm. like thirty people and it comes out wrong the other side. I mean that that's it, it, and then it just turns into misinformation and it can lead to a a fight between them which leads to a fight between you and your customer, the people that are paying you. So yeah, it's, it's better just to keep quiet around uh, renters and tenants and stuff like that. I agree. Yeah, exactly. And without making them feel bad, you know, and, and most of those guys understand, but, uh, but some don't, I get it. Um, so last couple things here, we're going to make the repairs. Uh, and when we're making the repairs, you know, we can usually go right out to our service truck and get the parts that we need. Um, which also entails you keeping your truck stocked with all the right parts so that we can get our customers heating and cooling again. Uh, I can't, uh, we were just, somebody was just talking about that uh, this week at training. They were like, yeah, but guys, you got to have your truck, you know, stocked at the same time. Uh, so many times we've been out like this guy, Kyle, uh, who works with us. He, it, when we're out on an install, it seems like everybody's going to him because he's got all the PVC, all the glue, all the tape and all the parts that we need. But, they have their own van right there. Like they, I keep the shop stocked with all, everything they need. They just need to stop by as often as Kyle does and keep their truck stocked. I mean, that would really be uh, efficient, you know? So um, there are some times when a special part needs to be ordered and uh, delivered to our shop. So the way we handle that is that like when the part comes in, 
then we'll make the appointment to come back out and replace the part for the same price that we agreed upon on the first visit. Uh-huh. Um, so um, keeping the customer informed along the way um, during that delivery process is just another way that you can kind of provide that personal touch to the customer. So what it is is like people will, sometimes people will, um, a technician will diagnose something and then they'll call the, the uh, distributor and they'll say, hey, I got this uh, inducer motor that's bad model number this. Okay. Yeah, we've got that. It, we're going to need uh, seven, to 10, seven to 10 days for it to come in. And, and then, so the technician will make the appointment right there. Okay. We're going to be back in eight days, you know, or eight or nine days to, and, and we'll come back and put this in. But what if the, what if the part doesn't come now we've made this appointment and we look like morons, you know, and we, we should never made that appointment until we actually have the part in our hands. And then we'll call the customer, make the appointment to come back out and replace that part. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And then one thing I do too, is like, if the cus if, if I call, if I call the supplier, order a part, and they're like, yeah, five to five to 10 business days. I will, I will add like another five days on top of that to the customer, just because I don't want to tell them five to 10 business days. They're calling me on the 11th business day going, where's my part? I'll be like, well, it's going to be like 10 to 15 business days. <laughs> and then if it comes like sooner, it. I'll, I'll let you know, right? I it like just, that, gives yeah. you a, just gives you a little bit more of a window to play with. You're not really lying to them, but you're just giving them, because when the part shows up, you're going back regardless. If it shows For up sure. in three days, if it shows up in three days, you're going back in three days. Yeah. But over the course of time, I found an experience. You don't want your phone blowing up and your email blowing up from people asking where you are when you could just tell them, hey, it's going to be this long and I'll call you when it comes in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and then, you know, if you don't have the part being mailed to you, it would also be nice if the distributor that the part is going to would give you a call when it does come in. Because and I that's the God, other reason t- I say that is because... Right. They might say five to 10 days and it shows up like 12 days or 13 days later, right? So through my experience, that's why I've always added that extra five business days to to when I tell the customer. I like it. I like it. So then um, after you're done making the repairs, you know, then we want to clean up the service area and try to make it look like we were never there. And one of the things that this involves, guys, is is the attic access. I can't tell me how many times we come out of the attic access with our grubby, dirty hands and the white sheetrock um, attic access cover and we bring it down and then we've just left our, you know, dirty fingerprints on there. And I know I might sound like a girl, but 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 if you could just keep a like a like a Mr. Clean magic eraser on us, like I like to keep those in my pocket um, throughout the day when I'm on a service calls. Because then I just got it right there. I can get it wet real quick. And then I can just kind of clean that attic access. Or if it's a closet unit, you know, I will have put like a carpet runner down. And and then so, it, you know, when I'm done, I just kind of grab the carpet runner, roll it up. And then I take it with me back out to the van so that we can complete the call. Or or even keeping, um, you can keep some, some, some white, uh, like wipes in a little Ziploc bag in your, uh, mm-hmm. in your tool bag to, to clean your hands before you even touch it for sure which could be uh something to think about there's all kinds of great wipes out there like i've yeah i've got um i mean i've got a tub of refrigeration technologies wipes has been on my van now for for a while and i don't my hands i shouldn't say my hands don't get dirty because that would sound bad as me being a (laughs) (laughs) i never come out of a building where my hands are filthy but if i ever do i grab those those wipes man and there's like a 
there's like a rough like a lining in them and it cleans them it moisturizes yeah. them at the same time and i think something like that even if you use like you said mentioned earlier like wet wipes or whatever put those mm-hmm. inside your bag just clean your hands before you start touching stuff because that's one of my pet peeves too because we do a lot of well we used to do more server room stuff but you go in a server room and you're working with a guy and you leave and you look at the unit that's white or off white and his black <laughs> fingerprints are all over it. I'm like, come on, man. Right. Like, look at this room. Do you see how clean this room is? Look at your fingerprints all over this unit. So what we've right. done in the past there is used uh, spray nine, spray nine and a rag and it, mm-hmm. it cleans it up beautifully. Yeah, exactly. And uh, shark wipes. That's one. That's one of the the item that some of the items that we carry here in our our vans is the shark wipes. And like you said, it's got that kind of rough edge on the outside, and then a softer side on the inside, which is great. You know, the rougher side is great for getting insulation out of your arms when you just got up in an attic. You're rolling around that that yellow blow in stuff, and yeah. uh, got it all on your arms. So, um, so yeah, keeping stuff like that on hand is, uh, is something that is kind of a one percenter. It's kind of one of those extra little things that can really elevate your status as a technician that you're, you're not one of those guys that's leaving, you know, the, the, uh, area dirty that you just came, came from. So, um, so let's go to completing the call. Um, I personally like to do my paperwork out in the van. Uh, I find that when I sit at the kitchen table and try to do the paperwork there, the customer is trying to talk with me and, um, and then I get really unfocused, um, as far as the paperwork that I'm supposed to be filling out and all the details that I'm supposed to be putting down there. Uh, and then I, you know, like I want to be engaging with the customer, but I also want to do a good job on my paperwork. So I've just kind of gotten to the point where I go out to my van and I do the paperwork out there. And when I say paperwork, I also mean, you know, those who have to like elect, you know, fill out their invoices on electronic, uh, devices as well because that's definitely out there as well. So, but, uh, once that's done, then I go sit down at the kitchen table, which is, uh, most HVAC technicians, uh, office is the uh, kitchen table of someone's home. Um, it's much more preferable than like sitting on the couch. I, I, I can't stand it when I, sometimes I get trapped into having to sit on their couch with them and close out the call. And it just seems awkward to me. Yeah. Um, I, you know what I would, um, if if I was a homeowner and <laughs> and I called somebody out to service something in my home and they sat on my couch afterwards, I'd be like, "What? What's up with this guy? <laughs> like, why is he sitting right. on my couch?" Right, right. Uh, or standing at the bar, you know, standing up. Uh, and I only say that is because, like, like I said, we're the experts on the topic, and so we already have like this kind of alpha position in the conversation. And so I just feel like when you're sitting at the kitchen table, it kind of puts you on a level playing field, which is nice, especially when you're talking to women. So, you, you know, you're just not, not so intimidating. Um, and if you are going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out there, man. And I, you can edit it if you want to, but here's a fun story about Greg. Um, so I'm at this super sweet old lady's house. And, um, she invites me to sit down at her kitchen table and we're going to close out, uh, everything. And she has one of those like padded, you know, padded, uh, seats. So this is one of the, this is one of those situations where sitting at the kitchen table, uh, was not right. Or I should have at least put a towel down because my pants were dirty. Um, so, uh, uh, honestly, I have a, a little bit of a, like, I have some hemorrhoid, uh, action going on down there. Uh, cause I work so hard. 
And so like I was a little flared up that day and I had put some, you know, preparation H on, applied it, uh, you know, applied it in the area. And when I, and then when I sat down at the kitchen table, it kind of went through my pants. And, uh, and then when I got up to go, I saw that I left a stain there, man. I'm just like, Oh my God, I, I need it. I need a I need a rag or a kitchen towel. You know, I need a kitchen towel or something. Oh, please, just please, just let me have a kitchen towel with it real quick. And I I'm just wiping the seat off as much as I possibly can. But oh man, just so please make sure that your pants are clean before you sit down at someone's really nice kitchen might, table. Yeah. <laughs> when you said edit, yeah, I might edit that that one liner to at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> okay, that, that'll be the hook. Whatever, <laughs> yes, <laughs> whatever you'd like, man. You can have your way with it. Um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and you know what? I, this is one of the reasons why I do not, I started out in residential and I didn't, I didn't like going into people's homes. I, I didn't, I, I don't know what it was. I broke a lady's window with a gas pipe. That mm, wasn't fun. Mm. Um, and I go into some people's houses that were real creepy and I'm like, and, and I'm really allergic to cats. Um, so if I oh. go into a house with a cat, like I'm doomed. If I go into a house where someone smokes and has a cat, I, I like that, that's it. I'm, I'm finished. Like I'm finished for the day. Like if I go in there for an hour, I'm done. Like I'll be wheezing. My eyes will be itching. It'll be like, so I, I got to stay away from residential. So I'm the same way with the cats, man. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's why I, I love commercial. Like I, even commercials, dusty and dirty and dust really flares up my allergies in the spring and there's nothing really I can do about it except sure. take some allergy medication where like a face mask or whatever. But I mean, cats and cigarette smoke, if I'm around that, like, it's just, it's lethal to me. Not, you up, not lethal yeah. in the sense where it's going to kill me like literally, but it's lethal to, to my allergy, like my allergic reaction. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a couple other things that I ask the technicians to do is to, um, you know, on commercial side, you may not have to do this so much, but in the residential side, uh, we want, we want our technicians to collect the money for the repairs they made that day. So be, just because billing can get super complicated for, you know, one or two ladies at the office, um, if we had to track down money all the time, God, it would be unbelievable. Um, so, so it's always clear that we're, we're collecting money today for whatever's going to be done. So, um, we've been stung on that a couple times and even customers who are like, um, I only have 400 of the $750 you need. Is there any way I can, you know, write you a check for in two weeks? And it's like, uh, sure. And then we get burned on it, you know? So it's stuff like that. It happens every once in a while. That, yeah, that is one of the deterrents I think from somebody going out and running a business is chasing money, chasing mm -hmm. money, like chasing the customers for money, because that cannot be fun. No. And fortunately I have an amazing wife who is amazing at money and, and, uh, and super responsible and very focused on making sure we get our money. But she, even she understands at times, you know, like just got to write it off because I mean, she will try about three times, you know, and, you know, send letters and, and all this stuff. And then but we never get too nasty with it. Eventually we're just like, fine, we'll just, we'll just, you know, write it off. So just, just move uh, on. Right. And then very lastly, the very last thing, you know, just, you know, just always make sure that your customer knows how much we appreciate them. It's you're, you're running out the door, you've collected your money, but if you could just let them know, 
that um, that you're, they're appreciated and to thank them for trusting trusting you with their their home's HVAC system. You know, not in as many words, but basically that's the point I'm trying to get across is, you know, this will create more work for you. I mean, like if, if they like you and you leave a good impression, they're likely going to call you back out, which is just investing in your career for the future. So um, it's not too much to ask. It's not too much brown nosing. Um, you're doing it for everyone and just to kind of leave a good lasting impression. So so those are my eight points about the, the service call, kind of help you out, uh, things like that. So cool man that's what yeah cool so yeah as i was telling you off the top there or before we we hit record is yeah i'm I'm in the middle of writing an article uh, on basically the same thing um yours is more of the human uh, uh the human side of things I, my mm-hmm. article is, is more on the the technical side of things but i i do touch on some of those points like the the pre-call to the customer before you get there and then the conversation with the customer when you get there and then it kind of goes on to some more technical spots before you move on to this make sure this is working mm-hmm. make sure that's working before you move on to this type thing but anyway i think could you'll be, notice that i could be another year in the making at the pace i'm writing <laughs> <laughs> i think uh i think you'll notice that about a lot of my 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 youtube video my youtube videos lately uh, Fox family heating and air conditioning YouTube channel is that lately because I have not been out in the field as much, a lot of the videos that I've been making are more, you know, customer oriented, answering questions that customers might have. Uh, whereas the beginning of my channel was more focused on me in a van running to my next call, showing you what that call was all about, just kind of showing you the whole process of that, what I was thinking, et cetera. But we have a lot of guys that do that now, and and that's awesome that that there are so many great um, creators out there that are doing that. Um, so I just figured I would kind of go off on this tangent, which is more, you know, just like you said, you know, not as much technically focused, but more customer oriented. So, all right. Well, since Greg told the story about his uh, his hemorrhoid and his preparation H, well. That tells me he's a he's a fun guy, right? He's a fun guy, like Kawhi Leonard when he was in Toronto. He's a fun guy. <laughs> um, so in the beginning, I, w- <laughs> I was going to say, Greg said that customers judge us with all their five senses. Well, I wanted to I wanted to say at that point, but I just kind of let it flow. I've never had a customer taste me yet, not yet. Anyway, I mean, I'm sure they've looked at me, smelt me, um, touched me. Well yeah, touch my shoulder or something like that, but they haven't tasted me yet. So Greg, maybe you can message me after you listen to this and let me know if, if you've, uh, if a customer has tasted you <laughs> to this point, taking a bite, a lick, whatever, right? <laughs> anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed that, Greg. Great guy. Welcome back anytime. Thank you very much, guys. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.